The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Friday morning and welcome to another end of the week edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. for Eternals, WTJX FM. We got the power hour. Might last a little longer this morning. Um, Kyle Fleming is here uh, in the house uh, early on. Uh, good morning, Mr. Director. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Let me get up. I can't hear the director. Good morning. Still can't hear the director. Talk again. Not hearing you. Welcome to the director, Mike. Can't hear the director. Nope. I hear the director. See if we can walk on that for me, Mister. Um. You know, I don't want to say something. Nope. Nope. Something is up. Maybe help me have to change. Uh, change the microphone deck. Is uh. something? Good morning, good morning. No. Still in here, any? Something in the board there. I don't know what it is, but. Talk again? Anyone? Good morning, good morning. Nope. Nope. See if we go. Figure out. Anyway, we're going to work on uh, uh, that, that gremlin there and, and see how we go. There we go. I could hear it in that one there. Yep. Yes. 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 Definitely good hearing that one. So how's everything? Doing well. Doing well. Happy Friday, as you said, and uh, thank you for another, yeah, yeah, another second, edition of the Power Hour. Happy New Year, see you. For happy New Year for the second time. Saw you at the parade. Had a good time at the parade. Had a great time at the parade. Yeah, yeah. That that was nice down there. Yeah, there. And we've had great weather. I'd say for like the last month, really been nice. After all that rain eased up in November, we got that December of just the, yeah. the Christmas winds, yeah. and just, that was about it. Yeah, man. Well, we had that oppressive heat uh, in September and October, and then uh, that transition to heavy rains in November, and then now uh, a tropical winter, so 75 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> 75 degrees on a daily basis, and uh, this is... This is heaven, man. People can say what they want, but I watching it. This, this, this is what people want. Well, this, this has been perfect. The, the beach has been great. The water has been cool. Yeah, man. And vis- visibility. I, I, I'm curious as to how how visibility varies, um, because we had like a four or five week stretch where you know we could we were seeing the BVI. Oh, clear. You were seeing houses on there. Seriously? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can wow. see the, you can see the structures for sure. Wow. I was seeing them. I seen Thomas and seeing John, but. I, and there were days when I would come over the top of the hill here in Richmond, mm-hmm. and I see the little, the little, the little one over there. I said, "Uh huh," because uh, you could see Saint Thomas, Saint John, and Tortola clear. Yeah, right. And then the other ones up be Virgin Gorda and a couple others as well. But high visibility um, for like a good three, four week period. High. It's 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 a nice reminder that we're all one collective VI. That's you know, some, sometimes that 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 divisibility keeps that that connection a little bit across, yeah. and you yeah. realize, oh yeah, you're right there. No, that's all we been. That's yeah. all we uh, I like us being abstract <laughs> <laughs> in the shadows. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 out there. I I went up to um. I, I told the audience about this. I went up to um Point Udall on December 31st, not January one. 
the last sunrise last for 2023. Okay, gotcha. So we get there about five. Well, the 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 projected sunrise was for six fifty. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, what's that? Like, what's that? They don't know what they're talking about. They know what they were talking yeah, about. Right you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How dare we question it, right? Yeah. So I get there at about, because I thought I was wrong. I had already factored in not going to um, the Cotton Valley route because the president was here. Okay, yes. So I don't say, no, I'm going to duck through by Tide Village, go over the top of the ball, Lowry Hill, and work my way up um, the South Shore Road to, to um, Kramer's Park, Point Udall. And I get up there and I start taking pictures. And I notice that I could see lights for downtown Charlotte Amali like it's nothing. And oh, this yeah. is this this isn't uh two, three in the morning. This is five thirty, five forty when I started to mm-hmm. dawn, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, Wow, I didn't realize and then these cell phones, right? When I'm taking the picture, it looks grainy, but then the actual photo Clear as ever. Yeah, yeah. It, what, it does what, auto, auto adjustment there it, after it, the fact. Oh, oh, talk, talk about, talk to me. Break that down for people. What's Samsung and, and, and Apple and all these people doing when they're putting these cameras in, in your cell phone that are so technically sophisticated and, and actually just good? Well, I, I, I mean, as an Android user myself, I think I got to give more props to Samsung than Apple. Nah, I'm a Samsung I, guy. I'm I, an Android. I've never had an iPhone. You yeah, know never, never. <laughs> and mo- most iPhone users I see when they see the pictures my, my phone takes, they always marvel at what, why, why they yeah, don't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the cars that he rips out there. Yeah, no, there's yeah, probably some it, it, it is what it is. I, I went on assignment for WTJX in 2013. We had a, give me a little camera. And there was a problem there with the camera, so I had to use my cell phone to take photos because Kevin Krieger and Victor LeBron were right in the Kentucky Derby in 2013. And when I sent the pictures to Tanya for her to post on Facebook, I said, I said, uh, Tanya, let's go home my phone. And she was like, what? I said, yeah, man, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the, the, well, I mean, I mean, now, I mean, even my, my phone now has like five different lenses on there. I mean, the, the evolution of the, the phone, yeah. the camera phone has yeah. been just like... So, I mean, at first it was just like, oh, just how many megapixels you have. Now it's like, how many lenses do you actually have? Mm-hmm. And I mean, b- just between, I think just the, the, the technology that they're packing into these smaller and smaller packages to be able to do all of that processing, all of the filtering right on, you know, right on your phone. I think that's where you can see where you, you capture an image, but you, know, you always enhance it um, on the back end. I mean, I think they're trying to make everybody ready to be a, you know, a social media influencer. So they're trying to give you all the tools right in your pocket. That's right. That's right. Um Dwayne Henry, he's an Apple user. He's already uh, texting me, calling me every name in the book. Yo, <laughs> I'm on the mic. I'm on the mic this morning, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to yield the mic to you in a couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? So I'm on the mic this morning. Eat your heart out. Okay. Samsung running the route right about now. Okay. It is what it is. Apple, get, get Apple, Apple had their time. They, they, start, yeah. they started the trend. Don't, yeah. don't give me no, right. no, 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 no. Nobody knows who, who Mr. Samsung is like we always knew. Who Mr. Jobs was right, for Apple, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so live with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> live with that. We, we, we're good. Now, um, the communications director, Richie Mota, had uh, reached out to me. Um, we've got a number of uh, agency heads and um, the chief of staff going to be joining me in the lead up uh, to uh, the state of the territory, yep. which is in 10 days, um, September 22nd. Uh, so we had on yesterday um, Calvert White. Mm-hmm. It was on Sports Park and Recreation, of course. Uh, he knew that uh, he's... Richie Mott is a big fan of Power Hour. Uh, when I saw him at um, 
You at the, the the press corps? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. press corps. Um, the White House briefing. White, 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 White House yeah, White House press corps. Yeah, yeah. He, he told me one of the shows he really enjoyed listening to uh, was the Power Hour. So I know he, he wasn't going to do anything to undermine this. You know what <laughs> I mean? And we didn't have it last week, Friday, for obvious reasons um, with the children parade. But uh, one of the things that uh, I've been uh, advocating for on the table talk uh, is you know given how you've articulated that there are grants that your office has mm-hmm. been applying for and successfully getting, um, and that it's important that all of the insular possessions make a collective argument um, for whatever funding we can get to continue to um, put in place um, a structure that will allow for us to truly embrace alternative forms of energy because mm-hmm. The last thing we want for the table talk, not table talk for the power hour, um, is to just keep coming here um, and repeating ourselves, right? The, you know, the public knows what our issues are. You're the chairman of the uh, WAPA governing board. Um, we have the intellectual capacity here in the territory. So is 2024 going to be that year where we are seeing, I know you're big on batteries and all that stuff. But will 2024 be the year where we'll see that um, tangible improvement as it relates to two things? Our hardening our um, infrastructure and getting the public to fully appreciate due to hard work and instilling um, these alternative form of energy um, infrastructure, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Um, we gonna make a we gonna make a concerted effort in 2024 for that to be the be the case, Mr. Chairman. I I, I think that there's there's plenty that's already underway that's gonna demonstrate how much of a inflection point 2024 would be relative to so much of what we've been, as you said, talking about, hoping for, um, and actually starting to see the you know the rubber meet the road, of, you know, for lack of a, a better term. Uh, and that's really covering a, a broad spectrum because it is more than just. I think I like that you touched on the the hardening as well as the you know the alternative generation because you know, they all work collectively. Um, I think what we what you'll be seeing you know we we you know we have projects that are already um, you know nearing the finish line relative to you know new generation and energy storage on St. Thomas. Um, we know we have projects for uh, you know renewables that have been. Uh, un- under development here on St. Croix, um, you know, the development as it, as, it, as it is, you know, the reality of it, the hard work that you mentioned before, you know, these things do take time, right? There, There is very few overnight switches in any any part of the energy sector, right? And I know it's something that, unfortunately, like the desire, especially when we have, you know, days like Monday over here on St. Croix, we have the, you know, a string of outages, like people, you know, the in- instantaneous gratification, of those solutions is, is clearly what the appetite of the community is. And it's always trying to balance the, the reality of bringing the full spectrum of solutions to, you know, a, a very desirous, you know, appetite as well. And so, but there's no question, you know, the, 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 the intersection of resources that we're bringing, that have been in the territory and that are being added to the territory. For example, one of the, one of the key opportunities that we've been, been, been really promoting and we actually, you know, put a press release out right at the end of the year uh, to highlight the the solar for all um, EPA grant, the hundred million dollar grant that we're pursuing, which you know we'll, we'll get notice of 
um, mid-year this year. Um, you know, that's, that's $100 million towards not just residential, but also community solar and associated storage. I mean, we'll see those type of projects coming in. That, that is a 2024, you know, timeline that we'll start seeing projects like that be funded and then begin to be mobilized into reality here in the territory as you, well. You're confident, uh that, that that we're going to be the recipients of that? I am I'm confident for a number of reasons. One, mm-hmm. one, I think we put together a, a great proposal and application for, for this. I mean, this was something that, um, you know, from, from the energy office, we, we realized the gravity of this opportunity and, and, and you know, strategically engaged uh, support, um, you know, grant writer support that have been successful in pulling in a number of uh, federal competitive grants uh, last year to, to, to add to the team and support us in uh, being able to again, develop a comprehensive justification and proposal for how not just you know that we should get $100 million, but what we would do if we were given the opportunity to, to attain those resources and turn them into tangible projects here in the territory. And one of the key things that we really highlighted there is when you think about the number, right, these are, these are ceiling, funding ceilings that are also available to, you know, to states and other territories. But reality, if you look at our, you know, 100,000 approximately population, bringing in those type of resources here, you're not just talking about, you know, a fraction of a percentage of, of the population. You're talking about affecting, you know, 40, 50 percent of the population with, if, if not more, with resources. So we're talking about high impact uh, potential here. And that's another part of the reason why I really think we're going to be successful, because I think we, we painted a very clear picture of how you know, enormous of a story we can tell um, if successful, if, if you know, favorably considered for, for that award. And that going to be um, over a five-year period? Uh, actually, over that one is longer. That actually would extend to uh, 2030. 2030? Yeah. Okay, so seven years, yeah. including 2024. Oh, okay. okay, that's good. Yeah. That's but our, our hope would be to mobilize. I mean, that's, that's the, 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 the length you have, but our mm-hmm. hope would be to certainly mobilize those funds you know, far sooner than that, because again, you know, speaking to the appetite of the community and also knowing that the near-term need is there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You mentioned at home the instantaneous gratification. Uh, IG, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> IG, I know is yeah, IG out the west, man. Is it Griles and the most common IG is Instagram, right? <laughs> right, right. So when I hear instantaneous gratification, I'm like, well, 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 the vocabulary. <laughs> If I wasn't awake, I'm awake now. <laughs> we got a new IG, uh, Dwayne Henry, instantaneous gratification, which is which is overnight sweet bread, yeah. right? <laughs> Yo, oh, but like you know something? The people deserve it, man. You know, this this predates you. This this energy crisis of 20 years predates you. You were still, you graduated, what, 2002? 2006. 2006. You, st- you were still in 10th grade. Right, Jesus, right, tenth grade in two thousand four, when when we, it really started, I think in towards the twenty twenty three, but yeah, in uh, in 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 two thousand four, when we realized that the LIAC, you know, was was not going away, and um, in two thousand five, I'm gonna give you a little story. We're putting the budget together. Uh, my very first year as a senator. You know, I'm, I like the numbers thing. Uh, that was that allowed for me to actually uh, to be competitive from a political standpoint. The, I think the public appreciated, you know, how I looked at the numbers and all that stuff. 
So we're putting the budget together. And um, no, let's let's go back to before I even got elected. And this is to show you how external factors really undermine us more than what we do to ourselves. And we, we do plenty to ourselves. There was a technical amendment to, to our Jobs Act uh, in October, September, October 2004, because the feds had a problem with EDC companies coming here to the territory. And how did they find that out? Uh, we had a company that was based in Arkansas that moved here because, of course, our EDC program is a very attractive mm-hmm. program, a lot of tax exemptions. So when Arkansas did its due diligence, and then there was another company um, as well, but I think this one on the AK Pack, they realized, or oh, they moved to the Virgin Islands, what's going on down there? And then, you know, they rea- because <clears throat> the feds depend on companies to generate revenue for taxation course, purposes, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, not the feds, the states, right? The states. Right. So when they do the due diligence and they find out, oh, the company um, has changed on uh, uh, corporate headquarters to the Virgin Islands and they find out what's going on, um, what they did was they questioned residency, right? Mm-hmm. And source income and all that stuff. So they made a, an amendment and literally forced these EDC companies, if you're going to uh, benefit from the tax uh, exemptions, then you really got to live there, go reside there. So that's... Yeah, that led to that. So we were under the anticipation that they're going to cost us about 100 mil. So this is October. You know, I get elected the following month. We go in in January. And, you know, we're told, don't come in thinking you're just appropriate, appropriate, because we don't know our money situation right. going to be, right? So fast forward to September. We're sitting there with a budget. Senator Berry, was a, I was a minority member, and she was the Senate president, but she's a local for me. And um, we're sitting there trying to put this budget together, and the next thing you know, Governor Tombo sent down a supplemental budget um, transmitter. So I was like, what's going on? So I make my phone calls. What had happened was Hovensa, which was Hovic mm-hmm. and Pedevesa, right? But they were Hovensa for the, joint, uh, for the purposes of the joint venture. They started paying corporate taxes for the first time in years because there was a carry forward provision oh, wow. that they were okay. taking advantage of, right? So what we're gonna do is they're gonna take a break there and pick up the story so we can educate the public as to how uh, that one works. But um, we're in a power hour right now. Um, we'll take a break when we come back. We're gonna educate the public as to how our entities paying corporate taxes in this case, our oil company, a major oil company, uh, impacted everything here in the territory. We'll be back right after this. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. A new year deserves a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go. 
a nonprofit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Back here, I analyze this and I'm doing a little uh, a little history lesson here about the impact uh, and how how volatile. I think that's that's a good term, right? Um, the the oil industry is, um, and and not only that, it, it, you could either lose a lot of money or make a lot of money depending on things happening. So anyway, I, uh, let's go back September 2005. So I go to um, to to the chair and I said, Madam President. Uh, where does money come from? And she said, um, has them paying corporate taxes. I said, yeah. They probably got more coming or not. And she said, I believe you. So yeah. I think that was like a $60 million, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, right? Which is a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's that's the joy of living in the Virgin Islands. Six, you could do a lot of things with $60 million. So I mean, the mainland, that's a drop in the bucket. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so, and that was just for like, Two or three quarters. That wasn't even the whole year. I think the next year, right? Uh, so, so um, corporate taxes normally was coming in at like forty-five, fifty mil uh, pre two thousand five. Because of that, starting to pay, that one took it up to like low one hundreds. The next year, one hundred and sixty mil. Hmm. The next year. Which is now fiscal year 2007, first year the young, $180 million in corporate taxes we collecting. But you know what happened, right? You don't get dependent on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so then we had another good year in 2008, up until the Great Recession, right? And then it went to zero, right? Uh, <clears throat> and then it got to the point where they were starting to say, look, we need refunds now from the government. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The, the reverse effect. So, so when we're talking about energy, right, and, and, and I'm, uh, I'm segueing to the bond ratings with, with, with Fitch and all that stuff that I want us to talk about, but I want to fast forward 15 years to the pandemic where one morning um, we wake up and we, we're hearing that oil selling at minus $47 a barrel. Right? I was like, 
how can oil sell at negative forty seven? But but that's just you know that, that's just how the marketplace works. But but the point that I'm making is this, right? The government, uh, governments, not this version of government, but in this case, our government. Um, when you put in together a budget, right, uh, and you have an entity at the time like a Hovensa, which is Hovic, uh, which is Hess Oil Virgin Islands Corporation, and Pedavesa, which is the state petroleum um, uh, uh, for Venezuela. They're paying corporate taxes separately. They weren't paying them um, together. They, they, were, they were together for the purposes of a joint venture, but you got to pay corporate taxes as a, as, as a singular entity, right? right? And you become dependent on that kind of money, right? If you cost them to get $50 million without the, the, um, the oil entities, <clears throat> and then in one year, you get $50 million more, the next year it goes up to 80, the next year it goes up to 110, that's when the dependency comes in, right? So, and then you're taking that money and reinvesting it in your oil entities. You're taking that money and putting it in the black, the black hole. Like, is this, the gen- right, right. You're, <laughs> the, try, you're trying to keep everything else afloat. Yeah, the, yeah, ge- yeah. The, the, the general fund. So, so uh, this is why it's important, right, that governments always pay attention to how you're generating revenue, not just bring the money and let me pay it into the coffers. Because with the how, then you can forecast and you can look at the marketplace, which, which, which is where... I want to take this discussion. I saw today, yesterday, one of the persons I follow uh, is a market trader, uh, Mohammed uh, El Maratan. Uh, the price of oil went up uh, in both uh, West Texas crude to $74.76, but it went up $3.80, which is a big jump yep. in one day. And uh, Brent went up to $80.21 a barrel, $3.62. Natural gas went up 1.81%. And Murban crude, I, I noticed in Murban, I, 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 I got I to start doing some research because I never saw that before. They also went up to $80.41 a barrel. Your office, uh, as an energy office, we're trying to get away from the amount of dependency we have on fossil fuel, right? Of course. That's so, the number one priority. That's the number one priority, right? How do we do that? Explain that to the public. Yeah, I mean... It, Obviously, it, the alternative... Um, uh, uh, sources, but break that down in lay people language so the public will understand how we try to make that decision and not necessarily become totally independent from fossil fuel because you want uh, variety. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that's the key point. I mean, it's really all about diversification, right? I think mm-hmm. I think it's and like the same way people diversify their portfolios, right? You don't invest all in one stock, right? You usually have your 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 distribution of of assets or or, or, or funds that you look at because. In case one goes down, you don't want to be solely dependent on that, right? It's, it's the, the same concept from an investment standpoint as we look at them. I and this is really just our investment in supplying what is a very critical need for us in energy. And so, you know, when we look at, you know, reducing our dependence on fossil fuel, of course, the renewables plays a, a major part in that, right? Mm-hmm. Whether whether we look at that from the individual level, right? Whether it be the, you know, the individual resident, the individual business that's, you know, reducing their, um, you know, dependence on, 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 say, like the utility through... Uh, through through renewable deployments, or from the utility standpoint, also looking at increasing our renewable penetration, so that way we're, we're not having to purchase as much fuel to to run our generation. The other side of it, more efficient generation, right? More efficient generation means yes, we still are utilizing fuel, but if we if we can generate the same electricity with a less fuel demand, that still reduces 
our dependence on on the, the volume, right? Because that volume of fuel, especially when you see these higher these these volatility in the prices, creates more of a burden, creates more of a challenge and an impact uh, to our community. I mean, the the other side of it, and actually something that we'll, we'll certainly touch on a little bit later too. We look at diversifying the the transportation, um, you know, solutions here in the territory. So you know, we're looking at um, you know, renewably powered uh, electric uh, transportation electrification in the form of vehicles. That also, if we're not buying gas, if you don't have to buy as much gasoline from the pump, that's another way that we can mitigate our dependence on fossil fuel to still meet our you know daily needs and transportation and, and access and commuting. And so there's just there's there's such a wide range of ways in which that like diversifying our portfolio of you know of of, of, of energy usage especially in the terms of the different technology and solutions that are becoming available, can take us to a position where we as a, a island nation, right? When we talk about those, those prices and that volatility as an island nation, it's not like we have this wide network of, of, of fuel sources we can mm-hmm. buy from, right? We, you know, we've got a limited supply chain, a physically limited supply chain in terms of our location. We only have a handful of, uh, you know, suppliers that could even consider providing, uh, you know, us resources. So being beho- like not only having being beholden to a highly volatile market, but then you add on our you know, complex logistical supply chain. I mean, you, we've all seen what storms can do, right? Urban Maria came by, yeah, hit, hit, hit the Virgin Islands, hit Puerto Rico, then you know, made its way up through the Bahamas, like, you know, Florida. It's like you're hitting the entire link of, of supply chain on route to us. I mean, that entire supply chain can be disrupted and we can, we're sitting at the end of that line hoping that we can still access a, re- a resource that's not a position. That's not sustainability. That's not resiliency. So you know, diversifying that mix is key, so that way we don't always find ourselves at the end of the line, hoping and praying that things you know work out in our favor. Now, um, we keep hearing renewables, 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 and um, for some reason we can't really make, get that kind of traction that we're looking for. Now we do have uh, a solar commitment. You can see that you know mm-hmm. in the homes, and we see the the solar fields. Um, that uh, your entity uh, that you govern over the, the board, uh, WAPA, is, has tried to do over the years. We've seen um, federal buildings, mm-hmm. right, make that commitment. Of course, we're surrounded by water, but that that's um. If, if if we were to say, you know what, we want to go hydro, that would require such a major infrastructure investment, right? We we, we don't. So so we don't. Why hydro doesn't work or wouldn't work? Or, or isn't as viable or feasible for us here in the Virgin Islands, even though we're surrounded by water. Yeah, be, be, pr- primarily because when you think of hydro, if you think of like you know the Hoover Dam, yeah. the Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls, yeah, you know, so, so th- those rely on essentially you know Move, moving funnel, water, f- funnels of moving funnels, water, funnels, funnels, right? Funnels, where where you like because yeah. yeah, you can say oh the ocean is moving, but that's yeah. not you need to be able to concentrate that movement, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what you have in those situations. You have a concentrated movement of water that you're now pumping through or flowing through, yeah. you know, a turbine. So we don't that that's not a natural resource. We have. Puerto Rico does, you know, it's even even St. Vincent, um, I think even Dominica. Mm-hmm. Some islands have, you know, rivers. When you talk about actual rivers yeah. that, that have that concentrated flow of water, for sure. yeah, yeah. And, and so you know they're able to tap into resources. That's just not a resource that we we in the Virgin Islands um, have. A, it's just a nat- it's just not a natural. So resource a requirement for, for that to work requires kinetic. Energy. Got, we we got to have movement. Yeah, you, you need you need you need riverways. You need yeah. funnels of water. Yeah, and you've seen there, there are situations where you know they've built man-made dams. 
we again we I don't I still don't think we have a a, a natural resource that makes that an event like an advantageous uh, approach. The one way I mean we can get if we really want to get kind of you know future energy forecasting you know potential you know in terms of leveraging the water. The real opportunity there, and again, this isn't tomorrow, right? This is a more, you know, five, this maybe not, ten years. This is not IG, not instantaneous yeah, this, gratification. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I won't go and say, like, you know, we should stop everything we're doing and, fo- and, 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 and focus only on this, but we should be looking at it and leveraging the water around us. And you're seeing other islands in the Caribbean, other, other parts of the region uh, looking at this as well. Uh, it's, it's, taking, it's taking the water around you and converting that into using renewable power, say like solar or whatever form of power, mm-hmm. and turning, taking the H2O and, and creating hydrogen from that. Hydrogen is a, is a, is a common cl- and one of the cleaner fuel sources. Okay. Um, it's actually a big push from the, the Biden administration in developing green hydrogen where mm. you know, they're, we're, we're finding more ways to, again, create hydrogen in a cleaner fashion because they realize how effective it can be as a fuel for power generation for even transportation um, it's used a lot in industrial processes as well so like there's also a secondary market for producing hydrogen and you can produce it from water right so you could literally the, the infinite resource that is the ocean mm-hmm. around us yeah you can you know go through a chemical process yeah. or electrolysis process again well, well, uh, uh, two molecules of H2O, H2O. Right? Yep. So, so it's, separation so it's two molecules of hydrogen right and one and one molecule of uh, oxygen right yep. And that's how we get to water. Yes. Speaking of which, you mentioned something there about the funnel and the movement. And that brings me back to my Senate days again. You know, I head out to uh, to check out the wind. I, and I, I, I've mentioned this to you before, to check out the wind turbines out there in Palm Springs, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you stand next to them and you realize how small you are as a human Compared being, it, yeah. right? And they got these, uh, the turbines, they got fields out there. Um, you take the ten. You 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 get you get to LA. You take the ten and head east for about two two and a half hours. You get out there. That's um, Palm Desert. Uh, what else is out there? Uh, Indian Wells, La Quinta, mm-hmm. and they and they do that for obvious reasons, right? Yep. Got people who live out there. So I come back home and I go to our resident um, uh, energy buff uh, in the legislature, uh, Craig Barshinger, and, and I said, Craig, yo man, I went out there, man. These things are monstrous. And he, and he said, yeah, never, but we got a problem. Uh, I, said, I said, what's the problem? He said, you need X amount of harvestable energy. That's the term he used, mm-hmm. I think, right? Which, which is the same thing that you're talking about with the water, right? And he said, I don't know if you noticed it, but you're driving on the Interstate 10 in the middle of two mountain ranges. So you have wind funneling, oh, the, the yeah. same funnel thing you're talking about, which allows... For the for the yep. for the for the propellers and these big monsters, right, to actually spin, which is the energy energy generator, right? That's what it is, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So 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 when I came home, because we grew up knowing the trade winds, we've had we had trade winds yep. here that 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 changed life, right? So now here we are. Here I am now, fifteen years later, because that was in two thousand nine. One door closed, and next door open. If in fact we don't have the harvestable energy or the trade winds that we used to, but in September and October, Mr. Energy Office Director, we suffer from heat. So what about geothermal, right? Because by definition, I want to read this to the public. Uh, I learned something today when I looked this up, right? So geothermal energy is heat within the earth, mm-hmm. right? Now we're going through climate change. so. Everything can be bad, or and or they can, they, they, some good can come out of things that we do. And of course, 
and this is the part I want to read because I love educating myself and the, and the audience. The word geothermal comes from the Greek words geo, which is earth, and therma, which is heat. Geothermal energy is a renewable energy, which is what we love hearing, source because heat is continuously produced inside the earth. People use geothermal heat for bathing, for heating buildings, and for generating electricity. I'm going to shut up and let you break that down as to if it's viable and how it would work here in the territory and why wouldn't it work given what we had to go through last late summer, early fall to the point where we had to keep children home because the school level was too hot. So I, I would say it, it kind of comes down to, it, like, kind of back to that, who, you know, who has the, the more competitive advantage with the natural resource, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not to say, I mean, any part of the earth, right, you know, with the same sphere, right? So you go down deep enough, there is certainly, you know, extractable heat available, uh, you know, but this, you know, it, it obviously requires a significant amount of drilling, you know, sub, sub, so subsurface. So I want to make sure when we talk about the, the, the temperature, our atmospheric heat, mm -hmm doesn't have the effect on the geothermal because the, the heat that we're leveraging from for geothermal that already exists underneath the the surface, surface. the surface yeah, of the earth so yeah. regardless of how hot it is outside okay, uh, okay. Uh, so, atmospheric so, so the external impact yeah. that we, we, we're dealing with ain't really getting onto dough no that's, wait, that wait, has wait. no effect on the temperatures that are okay where, where okay, you good. where you extract the heat from for geothermal yeah it's totally you know it's it's no, no impact on the atmospheric okay but it does i mean but there there is again there is always going to be heat subsurface that can be leveraged when you think about those who have more competitive advantage to that, if you think of places like Iceland, for example, Iceland is almost majority geothermal, but think of the volcanic activity that they have. Oh, there. gosh. And so that what, that what that means is that they're not having to, the, the, one of the reasons why it's more viable in a place like that is because they, they already have volcanic activity that close to the surface. Yeah, man. That means that they're not having to go well, through look, such man. extraneous well, measures to get well, to it. Well, look, man, I know that I wouldn't want to be close to a volcano, but, <laughs> but, but that's, that's the most beautiful thing I could see uh, at night. Oh, yeah. when, when, the, when the volcano spewing lava and all that stuff, because one just erupted last month. They, they think they did, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, they called that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, by the way, one of your predecessors uh, asked me to ask, Manin, what about OTEC? So, yeah. so, 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 we're going to go to a break now. I want you to marinate on that, right? By the way, that's Johnny Wimson. I think, yeah, man. I, I think he's one of the first. <laughs> if he wasn't the first, he was one of the first energy office directors under the Wang Lui administration. I believe he was the first. Actually, right? He might have been the so. first because, because the energy office came to being in a Carter administration and Wang Lui was the. Uh, the he, he became governor during the Carter administration. So we'll take a break, come back, and um, talk about OTEC. Back credit this. <clears throat> Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. 
On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big that cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like, like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here on Analysis at the Power Hour after a good start uh, in 2024 as we uh, look at um, potentials um, for us to actually take um, that real-time step um, to get away from the rhetoric. Um, we have resources. One of a few times in our existence where resources is not a problem, right? Money is not an issue right now, right? It's the delegation. I'm talking about yep. from, from a recovery standpoint, right? Correct. Okay, good. OTEC, which is Ocean Thermal Energy Conversion, and it's a process of or technology for producing energy by harnessing the temperature differences. Right? Talk about that. Yeah. So actually, so you know, I'm actually glad uh, John brought this up because yeah, this is—I mean, this is okay. something that's uh, a long-standing. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've got my masters in energy systems when I was in college doing research. You know, OTEC was actually one of the the areas that uh, I, I did. You know, th- not necessarily not a dissertation or a and thesis. I said between but ocean surface waters and deep ocean waters. Correct. Right. So how do first of all, how does that work? Let, let's say let's say we had two billion dollars to invest in OTEC. What would we do? How how would we how would we do that? So I mean, a, a lot of that really go, goes into before being able before to, before the predators start knocking on your door and telling you, "Yo, ice the man you want to do that for? <laughs> I, I, I go get that job done for you." You know what I mean? <laughs> you must have a concept. In other words, you must know within the energy office what you're doing so that these 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 people who believe they got the answers. Oh, trust me, trust yeah. me, trust me. That's that's, that's, that's a, a huge a, part a, of the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ain't coming as it, and, and the local told me they use ain't coming to mama guy you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So so what exactly happens that would make for effective OTEC a reality? So so I kind of I'll, I'll reference some of the, the talking points we made before in terms of leveraging like the competitive advantage, right? Talk yeah. about Iceland having close proximity to volcanic activity for, yes. for geothermal. Yeah, for geothermal. Talk about, yeah. you know, St. Vincent having, and Dominica having, you know, close proximity of funneled energy mm-hmm. for, for hydropower. 
you know, the one competitive advantage. And, and the, mount, the two mountain ranges out in California that right. allow for the wind. For the, for the wind energy, yeah. yeah. So, so one of the advantages that we as a territory have relative to OTEC is the proximity to that trench that runs between here and St. Thomas and here and, and Puerto Rico. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're talking about, you, you know, you, you need that temperature gradient, right? And to get that temperature gradient, you need to go from, you know, warmer surface water to far colder deep sea deep ocean water mm -hmm. usually if you're talking about you know where you're, you're gradually going deeper and deeper and deeper that means you're to get to that colder water you need to run piping further and further and further away from shore to be able to access it yeah. because we have this trench what five mile not even five one mile off of the north shore of st st croix Croix, yeah you know not now you're talking about far less infrastructure needed like which is piping because it's all about how far where you're where you need to extract one source of cold water to, mm -hmm. to uh, complement the surface the warmer surface water so that's our advantage the advantage is that say you, we, we take us taking let's say some infinite amount of, of funds available we could be directing that not as much on just the the logistics of getting to that deep cold water because we have such near near proximity access to that trench so that's our that's our advantage because otec is all about taking uh, the more the, the larger difference you have in the surface water and the the deep sea um cold water i mean we could get into the thermodynamics of it but you know i don't know how much no, of the the no, layman no, no, can play no, but this i i'm here on the energy information uh website eia mm -hmm. and it, i think it breaks it down real good in lay language for the Neville James and the audience of the world, so that you know when you come with a Boston University language, of right? <laughs> northeastern, right? <laughs> northeastern, right, right, right. Uh, energy from the sun heats the surface water of the ocean, right? In tropical regions, which we're in, surface water can be much warmer than deep water. This temperature difference can be used to produce electricity and to desalinate ocean water. Ocean thermal energy conversion systems use a temperature difference of at least 20 Celsius, 20 degrees Celsius, and 36 degrees Fahrenheit to power a turbine to produce electricity. Talk about about that. I mean, that's your that's right up right. your ballfield. Ball yeah. So so and, and and so that's where so that's where that like that temperature gradient like that's where being able to access that you know warmer surface water and and colder subsea water mm -hmm. like the easier that you can access those that temperature gradient makes it more efficient in their actual process of then, you know, converting what they usually will use as a refrigerant to that, you know, takes that, that heat difference, mm -hmm. you boil that, and then you actually use the steam from that to drive a turbine. It's, so warm surface water is pumped through an evaporator containing a working fluid. Which is a refrigerant. Which is a refrigerant, right? The vaporized fluid drives a turbine generator. Correct. The vaporized fluid is turned back to a liquid in a condenser cooled with Cold ocean water pumped from deeper in the ocean. That's that's the that's the, the purpose for the pipe, yep. right? Because we need access to that. You deep, need access right? to the deep water, right? OTEC systems using seawater as the working fluid can use the condensed water to produce desalinated water. I'm sorry, but this make too much sense. Give him power there. It's it's one. So I, I would say this. You know, OTEC is one of those technologies that is. Uh, it's for, it's the theoretical ability. I think is, is is certainly something that's been you know proven and discussed. I think it's the the commercialization of it, right? To get it to a point where it's it's economically viable to deploy. That's where the challenge has been. But you know some of the benefits that have you know some of the the other industries that have you know developed that have now benefited 
uh, you know, industries like OTEC is, you know, even the oil and gas, right? You think of a, a lot, if you look at like the way they look at OTEC, a lot of it is floating platforms that will, you know, sit out on the sea. Where, yeah, so they, yeah, that, 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 um, when we look at those rigs, right, right, out there like Louisiana, Right down in the Gulf and all that stuff. They deal with OTEC, or that's just for uh, oil, oil, oil purposes. It's, it's just for OTEC, it's just for oil purposes. But the, t- the same technology, when you think of the same type of infra- like similar infrastructure that goes into enabling those, yeah, those can now be borrowed into the OTEC space if they need to, you know, build like essentially a floating platform that's mm-hmm. extracting the colder water from below and and doing the entire conversion process at the surface. So that that's why I say in terms of, you know, there's not a ton of. I mean, you got to give it like this. There's not a. The, the global investment in OTEC, right? Because like, let's say, for example, think of anything that's not on the coast, right? If you're not on the coast, you're not leveraging OTEC, right? So when you think of the global, yeah. like, you know, demand, mm-hmm. it's not something that's transferable everywhere, but it can make sense to, you know, small island nations, certainly, you know, segments of the coast. But when you think of how investment goes into energy, oftentimes it looks at things that are, that can be, you know, utilized in any corner of the globe is where you'll see, you know, the most resources, now, the most effort. Now, now you've been to Hawaii. Yeah. Right? And they got one down there. You, you, went to, you, went, you, went, you saw that one down Never there? been to the site, but definitely know a lot about the one, the research the research facility that they've... Yeah, uh, they got an experimental OTEC plant on the corner coast in Hawaii. Yeah. Right? And um, by the way, for those who are listening, you know one thing, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not into hacking information. I like how to, to check it out for me, right? Just go to the Energy Information uh, Administration website. Um, that's... Um, EIA.gov, mm-hmm. and um, they say hydropower explained uh, ocean thermal energy conversion. Of course, uh, Joey Hollins just sent me some information there as well. By the way, for some background history, they said the United States became involved in OTEC research in 1974 with the establishment of the National Energy Laboratory of Hawaii Authority. The laboratory is one of the world's leading test facilities for OTEC technology. The labor- laboratory um, operated a 250-kilowatt demonstration OTEC plant for six years in the 1990s. United States Navy supported the development of a 105-kilowatt demonstration OTEC plant at the laboratory site. This facility became operational in 2015 and supplies electricity to the local electricity grid. So now I, I ask him a question. I know Johnny Rumson I like this one. Because Rocky Leibold one day uh, educated me about... Um, uh, a project over there in St. John in 1969, right? Tactile, of, I, forget, I forget the name of it, right? But it was a project, and I think the Navy was involved in that, right? So I want to know if they used the Virgin Islands, right? Back in 69 and 70 to hook up this thing in Hawaii in 74. Okay, man. That'd be the question. I, was, I, 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 I certainly don't have a, a sense of that. I, I, I don't know. I could have swear, I could have swear um, uh, that um, that the Tech Tight was the name of the project, right? And it had Tech Tight 1 and Tech Tight 2, right? Uh, and um, General Electric was a part of it. Mm-hmm. I think the Navy, you see? I'm trying to beguile the players here, right? Um, but um, I, mean, I know I know they did some some exploration over on... Um, and they lived under they lived underwater for a long time over there. They did a lot of marine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, <coughs> so over, research. Over by... Department uh, of Interior. Over by uh, North The Navy Shore. and the Department of Interior also wanted to test the theory of 
saturation diving. Okay, this was a diving based thing or anything yeah. else, right? And NASA was involved as well, and they wanted to see the medical and psychological effects of confined and prolonged insulation on human astronauts, as did as did, as did the Navy with aquanauts, right? So this thing was big over there, and Rocky educated me. And then in a couple instances, you know, we've talked with uh, marine biologists and all that stuff working at UVA. Who brought that up? The the real question in in this discussion, and I'm sure the public would agree with me on this one: Why is the Virgin Islands, with our abundance of natural resources, struggling so much? Now I know the obvious answer is we're detached and we can't share costs. What we what we what we generate, we go pay for. I'm aware of that, right? And on the mainland, one of the reasons why America, uh, why energy is. Um, so uh, cost beneficial on the mainland because people could share costs, right? With grids, right? Ain't got no grid around ya, right? But we got natural resources can't done, man. Cocoa Bep on top of yards with natural resources be sunlight surrounded by water, the walks. Are we just afraid to take risk, sir, based on what you're seeing? Or is it just not viable because we're not, we're, we're, our population doesn't, make it beneficial for us from a volume standpoint or all no, of the above? I, I, I think to be, to be honest, my, my, my thought is on, on where we are and on why we continue to, why we continue to be where we are is, is we've, we have established a, um, too much politics involved, man. I know me and you as politician, you know, from a historical standpoint with me, I know you there in the mix, but we got too much politics involved in this thing, man. It doesn't, without, it, doesn't, without, it doesn't help without 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 undermining your job with the governor. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I'll tell you, it, it doesn't help because what what I've seen it what I've seen it do, and this is me, this is me coming from a standpoint of I've I've been extracting yourself from for your day. I'm right. just looking at it. If you were to look at it externally, and and, and this is coming from 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 a, a prof- academic and professional history of of energy systems and seeing how not just the Virgin Islands does it, seeing how the world does it. And what the Virgin Islands does and has done has been reactive and not strategic. It's we, we react to oh we, we, we react to our hey any um, politicians right? Listen to what he just said and incorporate it in our stump language, right? <laughs> right? We've been way too reactive and not enough strategic. Enough strategic. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn, check this out. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. And, and and that and that comes from. I mean, and, and granted, you know, we our 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 reactions have come from you know the worst case scenarios that we've been in, right? Whether it be extreme, you know, you talk about the the, the recessions, the the crazy, uh, you know, increases in, in fuel prices, having to you know try to react into a near term you know solution to try to you know address a, a near term pressure as opposed to really being able to sit back and go through the entire process, right? Again, like the, there is. You know, not everybody loves the, the the planning process, right? Not everybody loves to think of like, okay, we have to spend time in trying to, you know, really define kind of all the different milestones and goals that we need to achieve. We just want to start seeing, you know, some type of solution. Again, we talk about that instant gratification, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, we want the, the sum that's gonna that's gonna overnight us, as, as opposed to sitting back and realizing that. Like, I, I like to look at the examples. I, I see. I, I look at the headlines, but right? I know a lot of people see the headlines of like, oh, this state or this island had you know, 100% renewable, you know, generation. Why aren't we doing that? Mm-hmm. See, the problem is I don't just read that headline. 
I read the entire history uh-huh. that led to that headline. That, uh, and that, it's that, never, that, it's that never, that got them to that the got them there. Yeah. And it's never just one deal. It's never just, oh, we met, you know, we got, you found this contract and this contract and now brought us all this, uh, you mm-hmm. know, all this glory and saving. It does not work like that as much as people, some people think that that is how it works. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the long term strategic planning that goes into realizing that one headline, these things take, Years it takes commitment. It yes. takes strategic investment. Yes, it, it, it is it is it is a, a completely different methodology and approach to problem solving. That's why we're here, and 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 I, I'll stand on that stone as long as I can. Now I know you're still watching and watch. You gotta leave, or you go stay for another segment. I got another segment. Okay, okay, good. Got Johnny Wimson. Uh, I asked John to call in so he could give us some perspective from back in the day when the energy office was created and all that stuff. And I wanted him to be a part of this conversation, at least for that one segment. So you'll be here till about 9.20? Yeah, That's good. Morning, John. How are you? Morning. How are you doing? Very good. And thanks for your contribution. Morning, Morning to Mr. Um, Kyle, to the director. Yeah, Fleming. Kyle Fleming. Yeah. Fleming. Yes, that's me. Yeah. So, I will call and say, we had an OPEC model plant here in St. Croix at Russell Twist. That was, yep. We had one here, and it, it performed greatly but like you said the powers that be and i will say not my governor wang louis <laughs> yeah, not my governor wang louis yeah. um felt it was not the best time to do that we needed to keep put resources into wapa okay hold on a, hold on a second we're going for a break and, and i wanted to think about this right you mentioned we need to put resources uh yeah, in, we need in, in in that governor's belief, we needed to put resources into WAPA, right? So the timing dynamic was also uh, a, a variable there. So when we when we come back from the break, I want us because Kyle just mentioned something that's very very critical. We might see a headline, but we really don't know about the work that got to that point where that headline actually uh, is was realized and why. It got to that point, and and that's something I want us to talk about when we come back uh, from this top of the hour break, and we'll reset the show. Analyze this. Taking a break. We'll be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, but it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. 